welcome to Bellwether Friends. Definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you like. You should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. I'm Anna and I'm definitely on the mend. I'm Aline and I seem to have dodged a bullet. Yeah, I hope so. Every couple of weeks we're going to get together and chat about a pop culture topic or two, what we think and how we feel. We'll end the show with our current obsessions, except not today, because due to illness, we are just going to record a palate wedding. No. a An appetite wedding, palate appet- cleansing there we go. episode. This is episode 74, in which we discuss where we are in our current two-pronged movie binging approach. Seasonally appropriate. Seasonally appropriate movie watching that will carry us through the end of this calendar year. Because we are nothing if not governed by the calendar. Correct. Not the fiscal calendar, though. No. First, an update on our horror movie watching project, in which Eileen was allowed to have me watch... Ten movies of her choosing. And I have gotten her to watch eleven so far, and we have eleven more queued up. In case you notice that the count is not exactly ten, as we talk briefly about what I've learned and what Anna has learned. What have you learned? I have learned that your tolerance for fear is high. You don't get freaked out. In episode 73, we talked about what I like in a horror movie and what Anna doesn't like in a horror movie a little bit. And watching some horror movies together has given me some more information. I am not very deeply affected by demonic possession. And I mentioned in episode 73, our last episode, that part of it was because it wasn't really part of my belief system. So I don't really do that whole God and devil and heaven and hell thing. Right there with you. And so we found that we are interested and surprised by the shock jumps in a movie about demonic possession. And we don't have nightmares later. (laughs) Well, okay, right up until the vomiting of any substance. Right. So the thing that I learned so far is that Anna does not like any element of digestive distress in any way, shape, or form. She does not want someone to be disemboweled and thus have to see their guts. She does not want a zombie to chew with their mouth open or have something trickling out of their mouth as they are chewing on the brains um, of their victim. She does not want anybody throwing up anything for any reason ever, period, end of discussion. And I am on board with the not wanting to see a whole lot of barf. And this applies to all movies. And there are lots of horror movies with no barfing, where there are very few comedies without barfing. Yes. That is our quick overview. We will comprehensively discuss the list of horror movies that we have watched There is still time for you to get your suggestions in. Just tweet at us, or DM us, or send a carrier pigeon. At Bellwether Friends. 
B-E-L-L-W-E-G-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-F on Twitter. Yes, please. So, that brings us to our ongoing, forthcoming holiday romance movie watch. Yearly holiday romance movie watch. Hashtag BF holiday romance. We're going to be a little more serious and uh, conscious about our watching this year. Uh, Mindful. Mindful, yes. We did episode 56, Romantic Christmas Movies, on this last year, and I would like to rename it Holiday Movies, because in my ideal world, they wouldn't just be Christmas movies. They would be end-of-the-year holiday movies, even though that's overly optimistic. And I think we talked about that when we were naming that episode, and we realized that all of them are about Christmas. Right. So and we're very few of them that. recognize that there are non-Christian people in the world. So what we've done is put together, after looking at various holiday romance bingo cards and checking our own list of things that we know we're going to see in a movie or that we would like to see in a holiday romance movie, we have created and will share with you a checklist document that will allow you to watch any Hallmark, Lifetime, or other holiday romance movie and check things off that you see in the same way that we plan to do, sort of as a scorecard for each movie that we see, which will help us discuss them on the other end with our friend Corey, who has agreed to participate in this project. It's also got space for you to make notes about where you see the items on the list, and also if you see any particularly well-done items on the list, like a secondary gay character. <laughs> but is there proof that, this gay, that the gay character is gay? Like, do they have a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, or other interest? Or are they just gay and say that they are gay 2.7 times over the course of the movie? Yeah, this is something that came up when I was crafting this, but if we were watching our ideal holiday romance movie, what would it be? All ladies. Okay. So not a man to be seen anywhere? Well, Santa can show up. Santa's not a butch lesbian in this? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I haven't thought about what my ideal would be. I would like it to be a romance between ladies. I would like there to be secondary characters of many colors and maybe even orientations. The ladies to be what? I so wait, know. central characters of many colors? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. When you see the checklist, you will see a whole lot of things that may give you some indications of things that we would like to see. We're going to go item by item through the list and talk a little bit about the things that, maybe examples that we've seen before or how we want to look for them. Or what we mean by that thing. Yes, so you can refer to this episode if you look at the checklist and say, I have no idea what they're talking about. So item number one is, hey, it's that guy, which happens to us every time we watch one of these. And that's just somebody you recognize from somewhere else and it's probably not an actor whose name you know or whose oeuvre you can list. Like in the Nine Lives of Christmas, it's that guy who played Superman that one time. 
Yes. So that's what that means. Hey, it's that guy. The next one is a POC character in the primary romance in the movie. We have only seen that in one movie on Lifetime, two movies on Lifetime, where the whole cast was of color. Yeah, one of them was, I'm not going to remember the name, but it was the one that we liked that also had gay secondary, secondary characters. characters. Wait, Snow Globe With Christmas. Snow Globe was, Christmas. No, Christmas. Snow Globe Christmas was interracial because that was Alicia Vitt and Donald Faison. Right, so there were three because there was also the girl, the one Michelle with the lake house. One. The yeah, lake. the one with the um, letter for Christmas. The letter for Christmas or whatever it was called. <laughs> the one that we really liked and recommend for everyone. Yes, with the gay characters. The secondary gay character actually had a boyfriend that you saw him with. Yes. That one's pretty self-explanatory, as is the adorable Moppet. We list a bonus secondary romance. There are several that have a bonus secondary romance. Sometimes it it is not as fulfilling as the central romance, and by fulfilling, I mean they don't kiss at all because, of course, the whole point as we get farther down on the list is that the kiss happens in the last five minutes. The first kiss happens in the last five minutes of the movie. A POC character with a speaking part. There is have been a couple of movies we've watched where we just saw a person of color in the background. Yeah, where this bar is not hur- hurdled at all. This bar has not been met. Yeah. There's a black best friend on the list. There are a lot of sassy black friends in these movies, but not all of them. Sometimes they are also the only person of color with a speaking part. Yes. LGBTQ character. I just referenced the gay character in a movie we watched the other day where she says she's gay 2.7 times and there's not any further evidence. She, she does on a date. Yeah, but she we gets don't dolled see... up and goes out on a date, but we don't see the dated, the datee. Uh, disabled character. That is going to be the Holy Grail. Have we seen a disabled character? I feel like we might have seen a kid in a wheelchair at a benefit. At some point, but... Well, there were fake orphans in the one we just watched. Maybe a disabled character with a speaking part. Okay. You will find dead parents and spouses in these movies. You will also find product placement. Bonus if you name the product. (laughs) There is uh, usually a Santa analog. We've got a note here for Santa and or magic are real. So Santa is sometimes a character and sometimes there's just a Santa analog with a gruff and warm old guy. Ed Asner was in that Christmas on the Bayou one and he wore overalls and a red plaid flannel shirt. That's how you knew. Cute animal. There are often, there's often a dog or the Nine Lives of Christmas had a cat, which was our favorite. Seasonally appropriate town or character name. You will have a woman named Holly in these movies. You will have a town named Garland. There will be others. X is reunited. This is a great romance novel trope that they carry into these movies. They are sometimes bitter exes and sometimes they are just circumstantial exes yep, like she like took a job somewhere show else. One yeah. With the full house lady. Yeah. 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 Oh Lori Laughlin. Evil Corporation is listed separately from job competition because in uh, the Christmas Windows one... With with, Alicia Witt? No. No. Alex Danvers. Oh, Alex Danvers from Supergirl. Shyler Lee. Right. So there's usually an evil corporation, but the one with the ornament factory and the guy from Conviction 
was that was a good one. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna have she to come up like with a list. Accounting company. But she's from yeah. She was an actuary coming to take over or to like work out the bottom line for the company that was bought by a she conglomerate. Was big ornament. Oh, Right. She was going to shut them down, of course. And so there's always a big evil corporation. Sometimes there's job competition between central characters. In so many of them, Silent Night will play. And so there will sometimes just be jingly music in the background, but if extra bonus points if the adorable Moppet sings oh, Silent yeah, yeah, Night. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so make note of that. I keep saying bonus points. We're not scoring these. We are don't have a prize. We look forward to your comments and your participation, and we will be making copious notes on our copies of the checklist. Yeah, we're we're gonna share this on Twitter and on our Facebook page, and it will probably be available to download on Google Docs. And we'd be happy for you to share pictures of your completed sheets if you happen to watch one of these movies with one at hand, and we will be sharing ours. Yes. Other things included are mistletoe and ice skating and hot cocoa, all of which usually happen at some point, but don't happen in every single thing. Our big bugaboo... Yours. My big bugaboo is actors not dressed warmly enough for the season. When people are in mainland Alaska in December, walking down the street with their coat open and no hat and no scarf and no gloves... I get a little twitchy. Everyone has to have something. (laughs) We also have pretend dating. Sometimes, you know, she needs a date for her parents' Christmas party, or he needs a date for the corporate office party, because that's the only way he's going to get a promotion if he's seen as a family man. And pretend dating is great and happens a lot. We made reference to this, and it's on the checklist, the acknowledgement that non-Christians exist. I think this might be the thing that we don't find. The Holy Grail? <laughs> this may be the Holy Grail. <laughs> the not, what is a non-Christian Holy Grail? Who knows? And the last one on the list is the kiss happens before the last five minutes. We have watched more than one of these movies where we are checking the timestamp. We're like, there's only 30 seconds left in this movie, and they haven't kissed yet, and then they kiss in the last 30 seconds. And so if they kiss before the last five minutes, that's going to be something that is pretty profound. It's going to set it apart. It's going to set it apart, but it's also going to make me wonder why they have kissed and they have decided that they like each other and then they go to some sort of like family gathering where they're all sitting around the tree opening presents instead of going off somewhere and making out. Well, yes. So the way it's set up, you might be wondering, well, why isn't it, why doesn't it say like small town in Midwest or many other obvious things? We kind of wanted it to be a combination of bingo things that happen frequently and things that don't happen or rarely happen. So, like a weird cross between bingo and a drinking game. We do encourage you to drink while you're watching these if you are inclined to do so. We have enjoyed a cocktail watching a holiday romance movie in the past. Yeah, we sure have. So, we will reconvene in December sometime, or maybe early January, with Corey to discuss 
our watchings for the season and we're we're gonna we're not gonna confine ourselves to just twenty seventeen movies. We'll just watch what comes across our DVR and what we managed to round up from the library. We have already started on our path. Anna was talking about some of the things that maybe not are not included on the list and we didn't include things that are on that are in every single movie and we didn't include everything. So like a couple of examples of things that we didn't include is that the somebody has lost their faith in Christmas. So they've lost the Christmas spirit. That happens a lot. It doesn't happen in every single one, but hand in hand with that is often a workaholic or somebody who has chosen her career over family and something happens to bring her around to knowing that she should not be working outside the home or something. We didn't talk about royalty, which we like the ones where royalty We do, is. we do. We really that like was that one with, with Lena Luther. Seymour, and there was the one with Lena Luther. And we will possibly tweet some titles that we're watching as we watch them. We don't know yet if we will live tweet full movies. But we'll probably live tweet with our hashtag BF Holiday Romance. We'll make note of things that we're watching and maybe some pithy comments just to keep you Maximum interested. Pith. <laughs> Maximum pith. With juicy bits. With pulpy bits. With pulp and juicy bits. <laughs> and we look forward to talking with you and talking with Corey about holiday romance movies per the Hallmark Channel and Lifetime Television for Women. Yeah, and anywhere else that happens to produce them, I'm not sure. Are we going to fill one of these out for love, actually? Sure. We can. There's a whole lot of romances in that. There's a, there are a lot. It's true. There are even some people of color, although not many. No, not many. Barring... A musical obsession, which I would like you all to believe that we are obsessed with your favorite Christmas carol, even if it's Silent Night, which is impossible. Meanwhile, I am obsessed regularly, not musically, with A Conspiracy in Belgravia, the second novel in Sherry Thomas's Lady Sherlock series. I have talked about A Study in Scarlet Women, I have procured a conspiracy in Belgravia. I thought you were going to say, I have created a study in our house filled it with scarlet women. (laughs) Yes, I have done so. It's just through the secret door behind the games cabinet. What does the description say? The description says, Being shunned by society gives Charlotte Holmes the time and freedom to put her extraordinary powers of deduction to good use. As Sherlock Holmes, consulting detective... Aided by the capable Mrs. Watson, she's had great success helping with all manner of inquiries, but she's not prepared for the new client who arrives at her Upper Baker Street office. I don't think I'm prepared either. I am. The thing that I like about this is that it's not really a big deal in the book because it's not really relevant, but she has a friend who is the dude from the adjacent estate where she grew up who... They were fond of each other in their youth, and they are still in touch, but theirs is not a fulfilled affection. Oh, okay. Yet. Oh. I don't know. I have hopes, but 
that just keeps me reading. I there's Sherry has not given any indication that this will come to fruition in any way, shape, or form. I believe it's all shipping. Right. I'm going to, yeah. This feeling that you're feeling. This feeling that I'm feeling is shipping. This is good to know. Okay, so, do you have an obsession? I do. And it is a holiday romance. Yay! Wait, is it a holiday romance movie? No, it's a book by our friend, friend of the show, Stephanie Burgess, who was on the previous episode. And it is called Snow Spells. It is a short book, so you could devour it in an afternoon. A novella, if you will. It is set in an alternate 19th century where magic is practiced by gentlemen and politics is practiced by ladies. And it is the first book in the Harwood Spellbook. And Stephanie gave us access to a free copy, and I have since purchased two copies. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> one digital, one physical, because... You never can tell. <laughs> Anna loves to buy books. It's true. But anyway, it has a main couple who have broken up because she lost her magic and is determined that she's not going to like drag him down with her, even though he's to- totally in love with her. And then it's got a secondary couple. Wait a minute. We don't like it when people break up for the good of the other. We don't. But don't worry. It's fine. Okay. A secondary couple who are both ladies. Yay! Which is possibly why Stephanie gave, gave it to us. <laughs> way to know your audience, Stephanie. Anyway, all of my endorsements, all of my fondness, um, you know, if I were, if I had the energy and was capable of writing books, they would probably be very much like this book. So thanks, Stephanie, for reading my mind again. That's excellent. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Bellwether Friends, B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R-F-R-N-D-S. You can find us on Facebook, and we are also on Tumblr. We are everywhere you think we ought to be. If you feel the urge, look us up on iTunes and leave us a review. We would love to hear wonderful things about how much you love us, and we will tell you that we love you. Hey, we love you. I'm Aileen, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. And she's Anna, and she's about to have another coughing fit. You can find her online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. Our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jurgens. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.